0: Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the rightdoctors.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Rishma Dhillan Pai. I'm a consultant, uh, obstetrician, and gynecologist at Mumbai, uh, and I'm attached to the Lavati Jaslok Induja Healthcare Hospital. You are listening to me on rightdoctors.com, one of India's leading medical knowledge platforms. Today we are going to discuss the implications of this coronavirus pandemic in the field of obstetrics and gynecology. Uh, This pandemic has really affected every single person and obviously doctors also in a big way. Uh, Our practice, the way we actually conduct our day-to-day Uh, professional life has changed drastically. Initially, almost all private nursing home clinics were shut down. Gradually, they have started opening again, but with extreme difficulty and on a much lower scale than otherwise because of complete lack of support staff. Uh, Smaller clinics have great difficulty because uh, support staff, secretarial staff is not able to reach the clinics nursing homes have very less uh, support staff, the IRs, the nurses, the ward boys are not able to reach, even if the doctor does. And without the support staff, it is completely impossible to conduct any work, particularly operative work. Operation theatre requires so much staff in attendance, post-operative care, uh, assistant doctors have to be there. The whole process has become very, very worrisome. Not only the doctors, but the patients also very concerned and don't want to step out at all unless it is something really, really urgent and necessary, which of course is a good thing. So unfortunately, though there are guidelines coming out from every uh, organization, national as well as international, in the day-to-day practice, it is still a lot of uh, adaptation and adjustment which is needing to be done uh most organizations have recommended no elective planned work to be done and only emergency work to be attended to which i think is only right at this point because we don't want to expose doctors as well as patients uh, to the infection for routine cases which can wait for a while uh, till we have some control or the pandemic settles down to an extent but in our field uh deliveries obstetric work miscarriages patients bleeding heavily uh and uh, uh, you know emergency deliveries all this cannot be avoided and so uh we are continuing this work and almost all uh, gynecologists are attending to the patients who are pregnant or who are due or ready for delivery. Uh, we are trying as much as possible to get a good history from these patients. Initially, even with the phone-in interview before exposure, contacts, foreign contacts, area where they are living, whether they are having, uh, uh, you know, close contacts who are infected, whether they have been quarantined, uh, etc. And once this is given, uh, very often we're also doing a COVID-19 test on them uh, and getting the report in a day before they are being admitted, for example, for a a planned caesarean delivery. However, if they are coming in an emergency, then this cannot be done and all universal precautions are being taken, assuming that the patient may be an asymptomatic carrier of the infection. And so everyone from the time the patient walks in patient is being greeted with full protective gear she's taken into a, a specific isolated uh, sort of a room where she will be in labor the attending staff has to have full masks and gloves and you know full protective equipment if they are uh, undergoing a surgery then the staff is in full um, uh, personal protective equipment as well as the patient is given a mask and you know uh, sort of a divider is put between them and uh, the Operating surgeon, uh, if therein is being done, or if a normal delivery is being conducted, so uh, the you know disposal of the waste generated during surgery has to be very carefully taken care of, and uh, subsequently in the post-operative period or post-delivery period, also the uh, mother has to be kept in a single room. The days of twin sharing rooms or general ward is uh, uh, you know sort of almost over right now. If the mother is positive, uh, COVID positive then uh, extreme precautions have to be taken during the process of delivery. And then the discussion uh, with the mother about the um, baby, whether breastfeeding can be done. Fortunately, it appears that the infection is not transmitted via the amniotic fluid or blood to the baby. So very few cases have been reported worldwide, but the babies have tested positive soon But Uh, But overall, there doesn't seem to be a transmission to the baby. But after delivery, uh, if the mother is positive and she's directly breastfeeding the baby without taking precautions, the infection can happen through the respiratory route. And so uh, either the mother expresses breast milk because uh, the virus is not getting transmitted in breast milk, fortunately, the mother can express breast milk and it can be given to the baby by a non-infected uh, person. Or the mother has to take all precautions with masks and gloves and protection and then take the baby directly. So uh, these are care, uh, you know, extreme care that has to be taken. Also, we are not now allowing uh, anyone except for the husband or any one attendant to be with the patient during her either clinic visit or during her delivery uh, time. So the time when many relatives would come over to celebrate the birth of a baby right now is obviously not possible. So uh, also we do a lot of infertility work and IVF practice. We have centers all over the country, uh, the Bloom IVF centers where we do IVF. But um, uh, right now, uh, all the international guidelines say that IVF work or uh, fertility work, test to baby work is not an emergency work and should be kept on hold right now. And I think over a period of time, slowly we shall start doing the urgent patients. And then I say urgent patients, even fertility or uh, those who need uh, to give treatment for uh, infertility, there are many cases are urgent. For example, if a lady is older, supposing she's 40 plus her eggs, uh, egg reserve is going down very rapidly, she needs to undergo treatment early, otherwise uh, she may not be able to conceive a baby. Similarly, men with very low sperm count, or uh, women who have diseases such as endometriosis, which progress with time, these kinds of people definitely need a little urgent treatment. Also, if a lady has to undergo cancer treatment, radiation or chemotherapy, and wants to save or preserve her eggs or her ovaries before undergoing a chemo or radiation therapy, because that will kill the eggs completely. So uh, this is called fertility preservation prior to any chemotherapy or radiation therapy, and this is again considered an emergency and uh, is still being done. So even though we think many of the areas are not urgent, they can be delayed, but for the person who is needing to undergo that procedure or who is suffering, for example, uh, a patient who has many, many fibroids and is bleeding very heavily, and the only solution is a surgical treatment Then these patients, we cannot delay them indefinitely and we will have to operate them. So, uh, though most people associate uh, gynecologists just with delivery, there are many, many other things that we do which need attending to. And lots of patients are calling in now because we are doing a lot of telemedicine, we are consulting patients from other homes, we are attending to the problems, we are giving... Uh, advice on the uh, drugs giving prescriptions because even if a lady has a urinary tract infection for example uh you know terrible burning frequency of urination she cannot wait indefinitely for that treatment so we uh, are doing a lot of teleconsultation and that is actually the advice even by uh, government of india that do a lot of teleconsultation so that face to face uh, you're not seeing many people and the risk of transmission of diseases minimum So a lot can be achieved through teleconsultation, and I think more and more patients should, uh, you know, use that uh, method to safely uh, get their treatment. And uh, we hope that uh, in the period of time, once the pandemic is a little bit under control, once hopefully we have medication or a vaccine in maybe a year, year and a half, we will be able to be more bold. But till that time, very guarded, uh, method of practice will continue with telemedicine taking uh, the front line, and of course emergency work being attended to clinics will have to change there will be no cl- uh, clustering in the clinic no waiting period for patients uh all over the world patients are actually waiting down in the car and only one patient is being called up to the clinic so some kind of a adjustment for spacing and distancing in the clinics also has to be made. So I think all doctors uh, are uh, making a lot of adjustments in their uh, way of practice, in the way we approach our field, and uh, uh, you know, help others. But one thing is for sure, that doctors in all fields are really continuing, despite all the hardships, despite the risks, are going out there and helping the patients and being there for the patients, putting their own lives at the risk. So I hope this is a time when everybody realizes the value of your health care provider and continues to give them uh, uh, more respect and uh, value the relationship a lot more. Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the right doctors com.